So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Okay, I did it. I did it now. All right, I hit record. We're recording. Welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave, semicolon. Uh, Should we just call this um, just getting getting back into the groove of things? I mean, uh, being remitted into the into the I don't know what something. Yeah, yeah. just remission. Remission. <laughs> remission. <laughs> Wait, is it remission or readmission? Readmission. Re- remission's what happens when you don't have cancer anymore. Right. Yeah. I think. Um, well, as much as that's an important thing, I feel like we have even more important <laughs> things to get to. Um, listen, your cancer's great and everything, but yes, yeah. okay. So speaking of fucking endless cancer, yes, every single ad that YouTube shows me now is about cancer. Oh god damn it! Every single one, every single one. There's a there's a variety. There's like six different ones, and they keep rotating them to me. One of them starts out. Um, I got the dreaded call, and we're like, ah, and we mute it. That's all the further oh, we ever hear, god. and our instincts, like our Awful. our like whatever uh, reaction time. Yeah is usually slow enough that we get through that sentence, but no further before right. we click mute or like whatever. I don't know why the the YouTube algorithm thinks that I need to hear a bunch of shit about people surviving cancer every day. Well, maybe um, maybe that sets us up for a good topic for this uh, podcast, which is... <laughs> cancer? Yeah. Well, I was going to say the concept of echo chambers. Um, Ooh. At least we could kind of brush on it. A uh, little bit, but before we yep. get to that, uh, if this is your first time listening to Feature Creep colon built-in microwave, welcome. We have uh, lots of random discussions about various concepts in art and design and the world and science and all the all the good things that we're interested in. Um, and you can, you know, if you found this episode and it's like already not to your liking. Uh, you may may want to poke <laughs> if you around. You hate us already. Yeah, if you hate us already, uh, probably probably not going to get much better. But if you're at all interested, there's actually quite a lot of different um, episodes we've recorded in the past that I would encourage you to like scroll through and find one that works for you. Don't you don't need to listen to all of them; they're all going to be very different. Um, yeah. Also, also, yes. Pets love us, so play us for your pets. Yes, pets love us because we have a well. At least we know one one pet. Hi, Buster. Hi, Buster. Uh, so uh, that said, um, if you have thoughts, comments, or just want to share share who you are or what you have to say, um, and you don't want to be on the on the podcast, or you do, either way, it doesn't matter, send us an email, <laughs> and then an email. We, we, can, we can chat. Uh, we can at least get your, get your opinion on stuff. Um, so who you email is our CEO, Dana, and she is uh, D-A-N-A at fcbm.io, and that's probably the best way to share your thoughts and opinions. Um, mm-hmm. We appreciate them. We've had a few and they're always very interesting. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously we wouldn't like share your farm or share your personal information from your email uh, without explicitly talking to you about what you wanted with that. So, right. Um, yeah. The, if you email us, just presume unless you hear from us specifically about 
how yeah. you want to be represented that we're just not going to share your <laughs> yeah we're not going to be like oh you know so and so from wisconsin writes in and they're a total dick check this out <laughs> um, and i quote <laughs> and i quote right no we would uh if if we did want to share your opinion on online we would we would talk to you first about it and see if that was yeah. something you were or into. if you wanted us to share your opinion online you could tell us and then we could talk about it yeah anyway yeah. anyway um yeah so enough about that let's talk about echo chambers um, echo chambers is there an echo in here yeah i find uh i find it really interesting that the uh well what is an echo chamber oh it's an inward facing circle which we joke about all the time on this uh -huh. podcast especially when it pertains to people in california um right. yeah it's like the an echo chamber is is the same th same thing as an inward facing circle. It's a lack of critical thought and um, a, a confirm like a, the process of confirmation of your own biases. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, Wikipedia actually has a a fairly lengthy article about it. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Well, I suppose I suppose a lot of people are really interested in the concept now. Yeah. So uh, as of uh, June twenty third, twenty twenty two, uh, Wikipedia has. Uh, this to say about echo chamber in reference to media. So um, they say in discussion of news media an echo chamber refers to situations in which beliefs are amplified or reinforced by a communication and repetition inside a closed system and insulated from rebuttal. So this is where um, you were mentioning the sort of targeted advertising and how I feel like it creates a really unfortunate echo chamber situation beyond like I think most people are probably at least a little familiar with the concept of social media platforms like Facebook or Twitter where you can create a platform for yourself where your beliefs and your ideas about how the world works are echoed back to you by right. the people around you by the media that you choose and so you become more and more insulated from the idea that there might be any other ideas out there and you start to like reinforce your own belief systems and so um yeah this is like what our former president is hoping to establish with uh like social network right right yeah yeah it's kind of funny like so you come i i like establish this little party online and i'm like hey come to my little party where this is all that we believe and then somebody shows up and we're like hey but what about this and we're like we're kicking you out because you disagree with us and then right. we only let in people who already agree with us and then we're like look everyone here has the same ideas it must mean that we're right all the time mm -hmm. yeah and it's unfortunate because um i i well i'm what i'm thinking about is like some of the like less discussed problems are this idea of targeted mm -hmm. advertising because now you're another layer of information that you're that's being shoved in your face all the time is now echoing ideas that you've already expressed uh -huh. because targeted advertising is like these days based on the words that come out of your mouth or get written on a page or the the things you like or the things you interact with and so now these companies are building this profile about you about what they think you're likely to buy or likely mm -hmm. to you know focus your attention on and so they're trying to grab that and reinforce your ideas and so like you mentioning earlier about cancer it's like you're doing all this research on cancer or you know whatever you're doing interacting with the digital world that that these targeted advertising you know companies or these systems are now basically trying to reinforce 
You know what it is? It's because everything I fucking like it's it's not surprising to me like right. somewhere in the matrix like there's a little like cancer thread that they're pulling on, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well where does this come from? Google and YouTube are like intrinsically connected because they're the same company. Right. So it's either from Medlife Crisis, which I watch constantly on YouTube. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Or it's because I subscribe to all kinds of like genetic engineering and like cancer and neurology news. Mm-hmm. And like just these things that are, exist in like this Venn diagram of overlapping layers. And I'm sure at some point they were just like, why bother showing this woman anything but cancer? Right. right. <laughs> all she cares about is uh-huh. fatal diseases. But that doesn't actually like that. But yeah, but the fucked up thing is like for you, that's probably not such a big impact on your life because you're like, whatever, right. I'm not, you're, you're probably like me where it's like you spend most of your time not engaging with advertising in any way. And it's yes, really frustrating when it, in, you know, when it infiltrates your existence. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, it must work because that's why companies spend so much time and money invested in advertising in new and horrible ways. And so... Right the idea that now they're going to like create these more insulated bubbles is just it's a psyops campaign to get you to buy more shit right and it but it makes it it like the insidious part is like or one of the insidious there's so many fucking terrible things about advertising but one of the insidious things about this targeted advertising is that creation that like reinforcement of these echo chambers that we're all already living in you know more than is good for us because mm-hmm. we should yeah. be exposed to other ideas and concepts and like yeah you know, they stifle innovation they stifle creativity they mm-hmm. stifle imagination i mean imagination is what's essential for hope right rather you know versus like optimism for example mm-hmm. like optimism doesn't give you any hope optimism is stupid but like hope is not stupid hope comes from your ability to imagine a different way of doing things and mm-hmm. the possibility of things being not the way that they are and so i'm i am i'm against anything that stifles creativity and imagination right and this just feels awful yeah the echo chamber definitely Definitely does that. We were just watching this thing earlier today, speaking of like echo chambers, about AT&T when it was a monopoly before they broke it up. Yeah. And how everybody's like, oh, you can't break up AT&T because all these great services we have and all this other stuff. And (laughs) And then as soon as they broke up AT&T, it was clear that they had had a stranglehold on innovation for decades. And like Uh fucking the Internet showed up immediately after they broke up AT&T. Uh-huh. And it's just like. AT&T had created their own echo chamber by becoming a monopoly and dictating exactly what type of service everybody could have access to and preventing anybody from having any kind of dissenting opinion on that whatsoever. Oh God. Yeah. No, it's the nuts. AT&T echo chamber. Um, I bet there's, some I mean, good there's an echo chamber. There basically everything Google's doing right now is an echo chamber. Yeah. Yeah. Because they control 90% of the searches on the internet, which means whatever they show you is whatever you think is out there. Right. I right. mean, like, it's just an echo chamber. I, Google sucks because of that. Like, because they have reached that point now mm-hmm. where they've crossed over into completely uh, unimaginative, non-innovative territory where they're stifling all of the traffic on the internet and mm-hmm. what even counts as, like, a thing on the internet that you can find by searching for it. Like, mm-hmm. it's really dumb. The internet sucks right now. Yep. Yeah, just right now. Before it was great. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> right right um yeah 
speaking of other inward facing circles and echo chambers, we're going to join the Wyzetta Yacht Club. Are you? Yeah, because we want to go race on sailboats. Oh, fun. How and f- yeah. Since we don't own a boat and we're not looking for any of the like super fancy accommodations or like a slip or any of that type of stuff, yeah. we can do like the super inexpensive membership where you get access to all the stuff, but because you don't own anything that requires storing or maintenance right, or anything right. like that, it's like super cheap. So it's oh, only like a hundred bucks a year. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. You should definitely do that. And then we're going to take all kinds of sailing lessons. And then when we go come out to visit you again, we can rent one of the biggie boats and go out to Catalina and we'll be better yes, at sailing. That sounds fantastic. I love this plan. Yeah. It's already good. Um, I was going to say, uh, I was thinking about st- uh, how echo chambers like st- stifle innovation and like, yes, and, you know, original thought and all of those things. And um, I was thinking about how uh there's i've always felt like there's a little bit of that in the art world oh for sure like you end up with these like inward facing circles of like elite artists who are basically all just kind of interacting with each other and like going down this like weird hole of of uh just bizarre art creation that is like self-referential and starts to lose context with the greater world or Uh sometimes the artists claim it has this like great context but it's like yeah the it's like their bubble in the context of the greater world is about as good as they get you know what i mean like it becomes this like um uh, but also like the art world is like full of artists like bucking those trends right like that's always Mm -hmm. like kind of this like boom and bust of where it's like it becomes more and more insulated and then some artist like comes through and like blows it up with something it's like like i was thinking of um duchat's uh urinal kind of as this like you know at like now it just seems trite and trivial because it's like oh somebody like took a porcelain urinal and turned it on its side and signed their signature to it and called it a piece of art but like at the time it was that idea of being like, fuck this shit. You guys like don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Like here, here's some art for you. Here's a fucking urinal. I think that's still super relevant. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it is super relevant. It's just not, I, I imagine at the time it was even more. Like, not of the echo chamber. Yeah. Like not of the echo chamber where it's like now it's like the echo chamber all like, you know, being this like reverberation of people trying to then buck the trend. Right. Right. Do something that, you know, do the same thing, but different. Like, you know, I don't know. Anyway. I, I know that this puts me like in really judgmental territory. Yeah. But at the art Basel with the with the duct tape and the banana on the wall, yes. I thought that was fucking great. Yes. Like, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. People are right. like, man, this isn't art. And I'm like, oh, but it is, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, the fact that you don't get it is exactly what it's all about. Right. Right. Oh, God. Um, plus the dynamite color combinations, you know, how mm-hmm. that goes. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of like <laughs> duct tape gray and banana yellow. Yes. It's great, too. Like, it's like this weird industrial shit holding mm-hmm. up like the natural world. I don't know. You can read a lot into it. It's just super good. That's um, the. Oh, go ahead. I don't know. Go ahead. I was going to say that's the color palette that I want to use for um, that game that we've been talking about. Uh, Autumn yes. Detective. So yes. the I love that idea of like the robot detective being uh, or the detective units being this sort of like like uh you know road cone yellow or road cone orange with gray yeah. like you know just very much like high visibility yes, sort of industrial I love those like, colors yeah yeah 
um, you know, with I some, love yeah. really bright colors matched with gray, like neons uh-huh. or reflectives. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big time. Um, I was thinking about when you were when you mentioned like how the art world becomes an echo chamber. Yeah. Uh, immediately what I thought about is this documentary that I watched not long ago about one of the oldest, most famous art galleries having to close over fraud scandals like forged art and i can't remember what the name of the gallery was i watched so many documentaries and i'm always doing something else while the documentary is playing in the background yeah and so sometimes i don't catch like pertinent details and i'm like it was this great story about someone (laughs) Um, so the deal was like this art gallery started accepting they sort of like they were in this echo chamber where they were like uh you know they're they're they had this like wishful thinking that led to someone being like, well, if what you want is this, I'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. So in other words, they were like, wouldn't it be great? Like uh, what we would love to offer at our gallery is like more of this person's work or whatever. Right, and I think right. they were like, God, I mean, it was somebody like as I think it was Jackson Pollock maybe uh-huh. or somebody who's contemporary to him. Yeah. And somebody came out of the woodwork and is like, Oh, we have this private collection of all kinds of this person's art and this fucking art gallery that a hundred percent should have known better is like, well, looky here, uh-huh. <laughs> let's sell all of it. And they're like, what do you think this art is worth? This newfound art that nobody knew existed, which mm-hmm. is like virtually impossible given the fact that like the person who made the art was basically a contemporary artist and was like alive in the 20th century and working. And so like right. for them to have a big missing trove of art would be largely impossible because they were already famous when they were making art. But anyway, like, um, so this, like these like fraud people uh-huh. just pop up making all these fucking forgeries of this art uh-huh. and they pass it on this art gallery and this art gallery is like, these paintings are amazing. I mean, I mean, these paintings must be worth like what? I don't know, like $35 million each or something. And they're like, probably 40. And they're like, you're right. It is probably, they are, <laughs> they are probably, they're probably like 45. So they just charge like astronomical amounts of money for these forgeries. Uh-huh. And then a bunch of fucking people are like, amazing. I will pay this for these paintings that for sure. <laughs> are not real but i want them to be real so i'm going to make them real by saying they're real and they're Uh real because i paid a lot of money for them and the money justifies them being real and because you wouldn't pay this much money for one that wasn't real so it's real right it's real right we we got these real paintings right and they're like yeah for sure they're real plus i think they might even be a little bit more expensive now that you mention it and so they keep (laughs) jacking up the prices on all these paintings and they sell like a shitload of them Uh just like they just keep showing up Uh and so they keep finding Finding more and more of these amazing paintings until like somebody like legitimate was like, these are all forgeries. There's no fucking way that these are real. And it was like such a massive scandal. And this art gallery keeps insisting like, oh, no, we we never suspected a thing. Uh huh. This sounds um, this sounds like some other kinds of art recently in the media that have been going up and down in price in astronomical ways. Oh, oh, yes. Well, yes. I mean, I mean, I, you know, the NFT hype just seems to be exactly in that vein. Right. Like, how are NFTs not a scam? Also, how are NFTs not just like another scammy version of other scammy art? Right. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, um, Oh, man, we were talking with somebody the other day who was like, I don't understand any of this. We're like, it's not hard. It's just a scam. Right, right. Like, it's 
it's not it's really not that confusing yeah. like it's only confusing if you think something is actually going on right. <laughs> outside of like right. a scam right. which is yes. nothing is going on outside of a scam it's just a scam yeah. and once you see it for that it's like oh it's just a way to like swindle people out of large amounts of money mm-hmm. god um i uh i was really interested i mean i think all of cryptocurrency is basically an echo chamber yeah yeah it certainly seems like it it's just like any other i mean i it's all it's sort of like the the or echo chamber it's the it's like the the or financial scam like it's all of the financial scams of the past rolled into one giant international financial scam mm-hmm and the the people who like bought into it are like, I'm gonna be so rich, right? And then it's like, have you guys, like, you guys have been so excited about it going up and up and up and up that none of you have actually tested out what happens if you try to get your money back out of it, which right. is to say right. nothing because yes. your money's been long gone <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for a while now. <laughs> it's not in some wallet somewhere. It nope. was passed on a long time ago. Mm-hmm never gonna get it back um what else do we what else like religions are all echo chambers i mean like i don't think i i don't think you can have a religion without it being an echo chamber no i mean i i sort of a defining characteristic of religions is that everybody's like we're all holy together and everybody's like yeah we're all holy together Mm -hmm. yeah yep yeah there's uh i mean there's you know like friend groups or echo chambers like it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a horrible thing like it it definitely i get why they are popular because it it's easier and it feels better to have things reinforced than it does to have to like dismantle and retread like new you know thought pathways yes um damon mentioned something important to me that i would be remiss if i didn't um relate here yes uh Damon said, I just heard you talking about the scam. Don't forget that Jay-Z is bringing it to his childhood Section 8 housing full of vulnerable people. Oh, God. Yeah, like Jay-Z went back to like the projects he grew up in and was like, y'all should invest in crypto. And they're like, we don't have money for food. Right. Oh, God. Like, um, this this is the like. I don't it's even know so if sc- that it's th- this issue of people like this out of touch, like people coming down from their like castle on high and being like, I'm going to help the masses. And they just like yeah. wade in and like throw fucking paper towels at people who right. are drowning at fucking, you know, after a tsunami, mm-hmm. like wiped out their entire village. And they're like, here, dry off with some paper towels. Like, what? Right. What are you talking about? It's yeah. not it's, it's not that I'm wet. That's the problem. It's that my house yeah, has like- been swept away. I know your house has been swept away, but I'd like to interest you in this wall-to-wall carpeting. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Doing you a huge favor. I'm giving you a huge discount. Because you're I poor, am... I'm going to give this to you for cheap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Damon and I have noticed that um, there is a very like clear racialization of crypto going on. Yeah. Um, we see a lot of advertising in print and in like audible media like radio Mm -hmm. um targeting people of color essentially like there's a a newspaper the minnesota um spokesman recorder that we subscribe to that's the oldest uh black owned newspaper in minnesota and 
Um, they have advertising in print all the time for investing in different various wacky forms of crypto, just like yeah. any asshole can put an ad in, you know, and um, there's also like if you go to some of the like gas stations and stores in the neighborhoods that are largely black um, or BIPOC in Minneapolis, like North Minneapolis, um, some places in downtown, mm-hmm. there's like advertising at the gas stations like oh, buy God. crypto here yeah. it, like just like you would buy a lottery ticket you know what i mean essentially right. in the same places that you can buy like lotto tickets you can buy you can like quote unquote invest in crypto which mm-hmm. basically just means like flush your money down a fucking toilet right um or even worse, like, oh my God, if you just bought, if you were just buying scratch off lottery tickets, <laughs> you'd have way better odds of winning, first of all. And the lottery is not surveilling you on the internet. Right. <laughs> so, like, oh my God, please just go back to the casino. Yeah. Oh. Like, wh- whatever your like gambling thing is, mm-hmm. go back to that. If you're going to do anything, don't, don't right. gamble on crypto but yeah we, so this is something we noticed there's also this radio station in town here in minneapolis called the black information network which is owned by white conservatives oh like i looked it up they advertise yeah. for crypto all the fucking time on that radio station oh. Awful. and i find this peculiar because like damon and i are not black people we don't spend a lot of time in spaces that are not mostly white people most of mm-hmm. minnesota is white people like it's like you do not see advertising for crypto in white spaces or white spaces where people have money right right so i just find that really peculiar and it makes me hate the concept of crypto for like yet another reason you know what i mean mm-hmm. like if it wasn't bad enough that this is just like a giant ponzi pump and dump rug pull scheme three ring circus sideshow right. like now it's being racialized on top of that like oh really that that pisses me off more than anything i'm cool if like stupid fucking dude bros want to like blow their, blow their stupid blow their wad on a yeah yeah but like sucking people in who otherwise have to be convinced that it's a good idea because they don't have money to spare right yeah that really pisses me off yeah (sighs) and there's that like i saw spike lee was fucking pimping crypto the other day too and i'm like spike lee come on yeah like your hands are so fucking dirty if that's what you're up to it trying to convince other black people like you're just like perpetuating some like creepy like white dude scam on a bunch of black people it's really fucked up yeah it's um yeah i haven't found any like it seems to be fine hard to find like good strong clear evidence of being like look this is how this works and why it's never going to work because the problem is is that it's it's like they keep you know it keeps it's like this moving target right so like as soon as like bitcoin kind of like lost its luster a bit they were like Mm -hmm. oh nfts even though they'd been around they were like oh look now we're gonna hype this thing and like hey look over here and it just keeps seem like it keeps seemingly being this moving target while Mm -hmm. it's clearly like there's some financial engine going on there where money is exchanging hands but people are not realizing that it's like mostly flowing in and then out to very particular individuals yes it's not exactly once you put cash in the network that cash is gone the fact that you continue to have these numbers that you can bat bat around or like you know trade with somebody is irrelevant because who's actually cashing out for you Right. That's the thing. So I've been basically like devouring any type of media I can find on crypto and NFTs. And what I've noticed is that 
everybody thinks that there's some kind of a huge payout at the end of this, right? Right. Well, not everybody. There's a bunch of us who are like, this is obviously a scam, you guys. Right. But um, the the folks who are like in with both feet are like, the, uh, everything that they're doing is predicated on a future imaginary state. Right. There is actually, like, when you look through, there's not any evidence that any of this, uh, like, when you actually follow these paper trails and follow, like, where people's wallets lead and, like, look into um, how the money's moved around and whether people have, like, active or reserve wallets and, like, all these other things, what becomes really obvious very quickly is the overwhelming lack of mm -hmm any evidence that anyone's actually making any money off of this outside of the people who own the cryptocurrency exchanges themselves. Right. Right. That's it. Those they people are making money. Yeah, yeah. They benefit every single time because they're just taking a transaction fee off of the top of the money that you put in. So if you put $5 in, they're taking a dollar off the top. They get their dollar right. no matter what. Your remaining $4 goes through the exchange and out the back end into some account somewhere that's tied to money laundering or crime in another country or whatever, because all of this is set up specifically sure. to, to work for those reasons. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that the vast majority of people who are dumping money into these supposed financial vehicles and assets don't actually take the time and perhaps largely are not educated or sophisticated enough to understand how to keep a handle on what's happening to that supposed amount of money somewhere. Mm -hmm. like. It does not take any experience or um, any know-how whatsoever to put money into a crypto account. You can start a wallet with an email and then you can link it to your bank account and you can upload money and then you can fritter it away like right, extremely right. easily. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but trying to track that down or mm -hmm. follow it through the public ledgers or I think people would be utterly shocked because what they're thinking is they're they're thinking that this is analogous to like I put my money in a bank and I get interest and at some point if I want to pull all that initial money out the principal plus the interest I can do that and that's the whole idea is I get my right. money back plus some but that is not how these things work these crypto right. exchanges and so I just think like I think it's very clear that this is a scam mm -hmm. but I think how to see that requires a little bit of know-how that the vast majority of people investing quote-unquote investing in this don't actually have and so it's really easy to take their money away from them and give them nothing in return because while they're sitting there and they're like my money's in an account somewhere and all I'm looking at is the supposed ticker price of Bitcoin and it tells me that it's over 20,000 or whatever that instinctively like I'm making the, the logical deductive reasoning that like well if Bitcoin's going up and I bought into Bitcoin and I haven't taken any of my money back out I have more than I started with right but that's not actually the right. case. Get, get that money out first and then we'll talk. Yeah. And I'm and sure so, some people have done it, but. Mm. Well, I yes. And I, I think if anybody tells you that they benefited financially from any kind of crypto or NFT, yeah. it is safe to assume that they did so through criminal activity. Because <laughs> right. I don't think that you can actually, if it's true that yeah. they were able to get more money out than they put in, then yeah. they are somehow linked to criminal activity. Uh -huh. Because for the for a, a like a, a a quote unquote legal user, right, like somebody who's trying to put money in and then get more money back out than they put in, 
it is the system is rigged to not allow you to get as much out as you put in because getting it out requires you to pay a fee as well and that fee goes back to the same crypto exchange that you paid a fee to to get in so they're taking money off the top coming in and money off the top going out and the money off the top going out is astronomical it is a massive portion of the total amount that you have in that crypto wallet so if i try to pull out 100 bucks they're going to take 40 off the top right and you're going to walk away with less than you put in in the first place simply because the fees that they charge you are on a scale with what you're trying to withdraw so no matter what they're always (laughs) taking a percentage right it's not like a flat fee and like you know oh if i take five dollars out and their fee is five dollars i'm at zero but if i take a hundred dollars out in their fee then i'm at 95 that's not how it works but since Um, it's a free market environment doesn't that mean it will like normalize itself in the end and work well for the consumers no all the shit's going to zero Oh, it's all going to zero. So you're saying that this idea of like a free market regulating itself and doing great things is not necessarily true. Yes, uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying <laughs> <Okay>. it's a lie. <laughs> um, I I also I find mean, it I, amusing. I, I, I'm that just saying like it's it's completely unregulated, right? Like once the money yes. kind of exchanges hands, whatever the fuck they do with it on the on the back end about moving numbers around is like, yes. It's up to them. It's up to them. Like you have very little control over that. Even if you understand how the blockchain works and you have some faith that the blockchain is being computed by a fairly disparate number of like individual computational houses. And so no one's able to cheat the system. Even if you believe all of those things, you still have that problem with the exchanges, right? Because they're yes. they're selling a service that is like entirely unregulated. Unre- the only regulated part about the whole thing is their interaction of you saying, here, have some money. And the mm-hmm. government's like, great, okay, we saw that you transferred money from your account to their some bank account. Yeah. And that's it. And yeah. after that, they're, you know, them reporting taxes or not is up to them with the IRS, but nobody's going to come fight for you and be like, oh, they ripped me off. No. And that's the whole fucking thing here that people don't seem to understand. Everybody's like buying into this idiotic idea that this is somehow like extremely democratized and there's no central authority. So you're not being told what to do with your money. Um, But as soon as somebody walks off with all of it and they're like, yeah, well, we just decided not to give it back to you. And since there's no laws about this and no regulation, and since this is all like hypothetical money anyway, like there's nothing you can fucking do about it. And there's literally no one to complain to. And the no one to complain to is the flip side of the no regulatory. Right. Like it's not actually a good thing. Not to mention the whole basis of the system is like a forensic, like, uh, you know, a financial forensic individuals, like wet dream of like accountability. Like it's like, as soon as you interact, like there's no transaction you can make on the network that isn't like a hundred percent public or it's not a valid network. Right. Like the wallet, you know, your Bitcoin that you say, hey, I'm spending this Bitcoin and I'm transferring it to this other individual is forever in that record. Right. And what is what is kind of funny about this is people think that that transparency Mm -hmm. means that it uh, that the, the the by virtue of the transparency that is this type of blockchain system, it there that system is more honest somehow and it's like no you just get a front row seat to people stealing your money and not being able to do anything about <laughs> right, it like right. there it goes you can see the paper trail right there through the blockchain oh uh-huh. bye bye money right. bye 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 now it's in some weird wallet and like whatever in one of these cases i was reading about there's some strange crypto exchange in south korea mm-hmm. right and like the um god what was the canadian firm 
the Canadian cryptocurrency oh. platform. Um, not Gox. Um, anyway, it was something with an X in it. Yeah. Um, and like every every dime that somebody gave to that cryptocurrency exchange, like the cryptocurrency was like, yeah, we'll keep your money safe for you right here. It's gonna, you know, make all this oh, fucking yes. money. It's all oh. right here, right? And it was right. like it was gone immediately. They sent it to South Korea, and from South Korea, it's just like evaporated. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like you can see exactly where it went, mm-hmm. and then where you lose the trail when somebody pulls it out and right. and exactly. tries to you know buy a fucking miami condo with it to cover up their drug money or mm-hmm. whatever right like that's the funny thing is there's all of these people who are basically laying down you know anywhere from pocket change to their life savings thinking they're going to get rich off this and all you're doing is facilitating money laundering for people with a lot more money than you have right like, right yeah. i mean it's it's kind of it's wild like um it's just like wildcat banks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like so bizarre. Like uh-huh. it's a layer cake of every financial scam of uh-huh. the past, like right. all the way yeah. back. And they're all just rolled into one. Um, if you walk into a, like if you walk into a, like a conversation that is like a micro crypto uh, echo chamber, it is kind mm-hmm. of bizarre to listen to like two people talk about, like, especially if you meet somebody who's like a real fan of it and like is just talking it up. And you just yeah. listen to the things they say. And like after a while, you're like, so how is this not a pyramid scheme? They're like, well, it's, <laughs> right. it's a funnel. Like it's like a it's like a triangle, <laughs> but it spreads out like <laughs> at the top. It's not it's not a pyramid. That's where it's all the wide money is. at the top. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can tell because of the way it is. <laughs> you can tell because of the way it is. Right. We're all going to uh, get rich and you can tell because of the way it is. Right. Yeah, I um, it's interesting to me, too, that all of a sudden people who have no interest in like cryptography or computer science or the philosophy Mm -hmm. of computing or any of this stuff or financial markets or financial vehicles or products or um, like financial history, like people who uh, clearly in order to invest in crypto. You must be ignorant of all of these things. Mm-hmm. Or you would know right away that this is a really bad place to put your money. And so it's interesting to me that somehow crypto has reached an audience that doesn't give a shit about any of that stuff, but is still hyper enthusiastic about investing in this thing that they mm-hmm. know nothing about. Right. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a really good echo chamber. Um, the art world, religions cryptocurrency what else targeted advertising mm-hmm. um man that's four well we, we mentioned just search engines friend, in general search engines in general and friend groups friend groups yeah yeah and I'm, i mean i think it's worth pointing out that it's not necessarily terrible like it like having good friends who kind of are there supporting you and like reinforcing you in healthy ways are is fantastic right yeah like it also can insulate you from you know kind of going down about a bad path so to speak of like sure you know you're just like i i think about like you know if you get trapped in some negative thinking like a good friend group will be like nope you're actually not that way like come hang out with us like we mm-hmm. appreciate you for who you are and you're a great person and you don't need to like take on all that negativity just because you got shot on at work because somebody else was having a bad day like yeah know, that's a not a terrible situation but yeah um i think being aware of it probably is better 
I try to be real conscious of like, you know, my interaction with social media because I'm like, man, it's really easy to just like fucking get lost in a weird loop of reinforcing ideas about how the world works. Oh, well, I mean, I felt like I was in an echo chamber at one point yeah. when I had like a flesh eating bug, like yeah. eating my face alive. And I'm like, you guys, I think that I'm under like too much stress and it's really wearing me down. Yeah. And this is like an opportunistic infection. And everyone's like, you look fine. And I'm like, no, you're not helping. Right. I need you to understand that I'm not okay. You reached that point where it didn't matter how much like external reinforcement there was, the internal the internal signaling was like, nope, reject it. Nope. It's this is a bad situation. <laughs> Where's the fucking ripcord? How the fuck do I abort, get out of this? Abort, 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 yeah. pew, pew, pew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you guys I please stop trying to flatter me. Right. <laughs> Have you lost weight? You look so thin. Ah! <laughs> I'm dying. It's because I'm dying. Oh God, so funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny now. Yes, yeah, it's funny now. There were some. <laughs> we can laugh about it because we're still alive and my face is intact. <laughs> right. Although, to be fair, I think we laughed at it a few times while it was happening. Just yeah, was yeah we did. We're like, well, we're we're stuck here. Hold on. <laughs> we're in a shitty situation. Let's yeah. let's make the best of it. Exactly. Um, I mean, like. Yeah, our, uh, when we were on that camping trip that I had this like terrible diarrhea and like yes, some yes. some like staff infection eating my face off. Yes. Um, <laughs> it was like raining in our tent. We uh-huh. were in our own echo chamber that yes. night. That's how this podcast got started. Right, right. Podcasts. Podcasts are a perfect example of echo chambers. Yes. And again, like not all bad, but being aware of it, I think, is like a key part of it. And that's yeah. where I think there's some insidiousness to the targeted advertising because you have so little control over it. You yes. really can't select it. Like I don't get to, I don't have a lot of power over being like, nope, I choose not to be in this echo chamber. I'd rather, I mean, I try where I can, but, um, you know, like I, for a weird reason on, uh, on Instagram a couple years ago, uh, for whatever reason I was in the echo chamber of being like a 30 year old white woman who's about to get oh. pregnant. Like yes! I got a lot of advertising for, baby products or yes! prenatal stuff or bras I was just a lot thinking of bras the same thing oh my god you yeah. need a you need a man's ear i need a man's ear except i was they were like no this is for women who are did about they to- say did they figure out what your size was did they get your band size and everything um no because it was just those ads like it didn't really advertise sizing i don't think okay. like it was just um i mean i don't i never like clicked through them uh yeah because <laughs> you that I think make about it exponentially it, my, worse. Yeah, although now in hindsight, maybe I should have just to see like how far does that really go? Who do these people um, think I am? Sometimes yeah. I think about, you know, throwing like throwing a, a wrench into the gears and like deliberately trying to work the algorithm to make it think that I'm someone I am not. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but I was also targeted for baby shit. Yeah. Um, either because I bought something, I think I might have bought something for like our friend's baby, mm-hmm. um, Nova, but I, I don't know. I, that's the only baby. Oh, and then my nephew. Oh, yeah. And they yes. were, there was like some overlap because my nephew Bennett and then Nova and then Connor in that order, I was buying for three different babies in the same like six year time span. Mm-hmm. And Amazon.com is like, baby? Baby, do you need some baby wipes? You want a baby bottle? Right. You want a baby? You need, do you need a breast pump? How about six breast pumps? How about right. this breast pump right here? Uh, you know, I'm just like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. It's not for me. Uh-huh. 
Uh, or like you know oh i just keep these baby wipes next to the bed to wipe off my dildos or something like right, right. <laughs> it's like it has nothing to do with like yes. the actual procreative right. uh, process right. but um yeah like i uh i got all kinds of targeted messaging it's like weird what they'll get a toehold on and then mm-hmm. like decide that that's your thing I, I one time I got a call for I'm sure lots of people in the US probably get these calls right now. Uh, I got a call for, um, you know, they wanted to sell me uh, a warranty or extended warranty on my on my vehicle. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was very interested being an owner of several vehicles. I was like, Oh, that sounds like a good deal. Tell me yeah. more about this. And now they're convinced that I have a 2015 Ford because I just was <laughs> like, I was just making because they were they were like, Oh, well, what can you? You know, they kept saying, I was like, well, which car are you talking about? They're like, well, do you have a, a modern one? I was like, I have several modern cars. Like, no, I don't. Uh-huh. But, you know, sure, I have several modern cars. Like, what are you looking for? And they're like, well, you know, we just know that one of your warranties is about to expire. Like, you need to verify with us. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound right. But, okay, I have a 2015. Oh, what make? It's a Ford. Like, okay. And then uh-huh. they were like, they just, like, kept going. And then it, you get to this person. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to need some credit card information. I'm like, but what are you selling me? It's like, well, it's an extended warranty on your 2015 Ford. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, do you have a VIN number? They're like, we don't need that. Oh. It's like, oh, right. So what you need is just my credit card number. He's like, yep, right. that's all I need. And I was like, okay, well, good luck. But now they call back all the fucking time. Oh, God. And they're like, oh, we're calling about your 2015 Ford. I'm like, like that, like that's a car. Like, like back in the day, there was like, oh, like check out that fucking sweet, like, uh, what is it? Like a 70, 78 Ford or whatever. Like when they made one model a year. Yes. You know, it was like maybe it had a couple different variations. Like you get the two door or you get the coupe or you get the yeah. But it was like way back in the day it was just like that's a Ford. Oh, you right. have a Ford. You don't have there's no none of this like, like a Ford truck. A Ford truck. You either have the truck or you have the sedan. Like that's yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe mm-hmm. the coupe, but they were all basically like, Oh, you've got a, you know, a you know, sixty eight Ford or whatever it is. Like right. but you know, um, or 57. I think that was like in the 50s is when they were doing that. Those liar pants. I have yeah. people from Georgia calling me constantly lately. Oh, that's fun. It's like some weird recording. So if it goes to my voicemail, it, like the recording has already started long ago. So it's, oh, it's, it's in somewhere it's like, halfway through yes. and you're like, wow, you guys are super effective with this right. scam. Uh, <laughs> so I I've been to, like yeah. blocking phone numbers from Georgia. Block, 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 block. That too. Like the weird... <coughs> the weird like telemarketing scam thing is a total Uh echo chamber like how did you even how how are how did you get so many georgia phone numbers first of all like you've got a block of like a hundred georgia area codes or whatever you're just gonna call me from each one until i block all of them right i mean probably georgia just was like you know oh we're gonna sell up a bunch of these uh area code numbers right now or they're available in this exchange and got some money and didn't realize they would go directly to telemarketing right or Georgia, you know, some law expired in Georgia where suddenly calling from Georgia, like, protects them in some way. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what else is another fucking echo chamber? Well, What's two that? of them. Yeah. Uh, academia and by uh, extension, yes. medicine. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, in I like, I think one could argue that a lot of, like, industries are kind of like that. Like, there's, yeah. um, you know, I, I get why people are so, like, turned off by Western medicine. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, like you turn around and you're like, oh, I'm going to look at alternative methods. And it's like there are there are none that those those yeah. are, you know, you're like, well, fuck this. Where's the snake oil? Yeah. 
like I saw a sign. There's a sign right now, a billboard um, on the five going five north uh, and um, in San Diego. And it says mm-hmm. CBD for all nighters. <laughs> what does that even mean? Yeah. And it's just got this woman like holding this little tiny little black bottle in front of her face that says CBD on it. And um, it's, it's funny. not poison. No, but it's really funny to me because. If that doesn't scream snake oil to you, I don't know what yes. does because it's like anytime you read about CBD, like the list of things that it cures or solves for is yeah. just insane. It's snake oily. Yeah. It's like it'll put you to sleep. It'll keep you up. It'll, you know, fix your allergies. It'll, you know, uh, you know, settle your stomach. It'll right. cause you to shit or it will cause you to not shit depending on what you want from it. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it'll what? shrink your tumor and it will grow your hair. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Like it's just insane. It, it will cure your diabetes, mm-hmm. uh, and also it's great for your heart. Um, <laughs> right. If you have COVID, snort it yes, uh, yes. or put it in a dehumidifier right. or in a hair dryer, yeah. as we learned. If you have glaucoma, just rub it in your eye. Like, rub it like, in your <laughs> eye. Uh, <laughs> crosses the blood-brain barrier. Pour it in your ear. Uh huh. <laughs> I I um. Damon's like <laughs> one day out of nowhere. Uh-huh. He was like, you know what? I think CBD is just for people who don't know what feeling high is like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! Isn't that cute? Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, I think you might be right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, uh huh. I I gave it a shot for my anxiety. Yeah. And it fucking did nothing. It also did nothing for my intractable nerve pain. I'm sure. Yeah. Like zero. I mean, right. didn't didn't even touch it. And we know there's some things that'll help like on a limited basis that yeah. like aren't great long-term solutions because they have downsides or, or side effects or whatever. So sure. it's like, there's definitely shit that helps make it worse or better. And the CBD did absolutely neither of those <laughs> right, things. Right. <laughs> and I gave it a good shot too. I did uh-huh. it religiously, did a careful dose, did the whole thing uh-huh. regularly multiple times a day for 60 days in a row like nothing yeah, you tracked it you were like i tracked yeah. it i was mm-hmm. like i want to see what this does and i'm real careful about this stuff usually and i found it to be ab- of absolutely no discernible benefit whatsoever oh, now let's funny. be fair i didn't yeah. have like blood serum levels and shit taken to like sure. look for any of this diagnostic stuff but like right. i did not it let, uh, let's just say i took it for anxiety because i was told it's great for anxiety and it uh-huh. did nothing for my anxiety and in fact the fact that it was doing nothing for my anxiety made my anxiety worse uh-huh. <laughs> so it made it worse is what happened right. <laughs> i took cbd for 60 days my anxiety got so much worse i was thinking about how i'm gonna die like 300 times a day (laughs) (laughs) that's that's up from your normal 200 so (laughs) right there have been a couple of days um in the last like 18 months i would say where i Mm -hmm. didn't think about how i was gonna die that day hey that's a that's a big deal i mean how i was gonna die in general comma yeah in the like, course of a day right like, right i get yeah, you yeah I, and we're I, not talking about the like the general like existential dread of like mm-hmm. you know i'm mortal and i'm gonna die it's more like how am i gonna die horribly like in the very near, near future like yes, this yes. this internal medicine problem is happening right now that i can't detect <laughs> or i suspect is happening because i can feel this thing happening yeah like i get yeah. it um considering like the insane amount of like poor treatment you've had in the world of medicine and also the like the really like from my point of view like very painful obvi- physically obvious like conditions <laughs> yeah. where you're just like my fucking face hurts and it's not getting better 
or whatever, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not surprised that these things like plague you because you yeah. already know how horrible it can be. Right. Like what horrific, painful thing is going to happen to me before I die? Yeah. I was, who was I talking to the other day? I was like, I'm not actually afraid of dying at all. I am afraid of the things that immediately precede yes. me dying. Right. 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 Like it's like, you know, there's some, I, I feel the same way. Like I have some sadness of like, you know, it'll be sad to die potentially. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, I, I kind of go back and forth. Like I've, I've met and talked to a lot of people who've been going through the pro like the process of dying and like, you know, been there all the way through to their death and kind of had a good take on what their thoughts and feelings were and some people um who were dying younger of like cancer and things always felt a little sadder they usually felt like they were one person described it to me as like they felt like they were losing their best friend Mm -hmm. you know it's like because they know like even though they felt very confident that like you know death is the end point for who they are like that you know, they're not like thinking, oh, well, I'm going to wake up tomorrow in some fucking purgatory or I'm going to heaven or whatever. Like, you know, right. Thing yeah. That is. They're, they're not thinking like I'm going to be sad after the fact. They're just like, I see the end of my like great friendship coming and it's sad to me. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that totally makes sense to me. Other people who are much older who felt um, kind of ready. They were just like, you know, I've had a really long life and I'm really fucking tired. You know, it's like I'm really tired. Um, and, you know, they, you know, they were sad, but also like kind of looking forward to a little bit. Yeah. Um, not not oh, in a suicidal I... way, but just kind of like, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, when I, I when I got yeah. shingles for my 42nd birthday, I was oh, like, yeah. man, congratulations. <laughs> I don't really want to do this ever again. Right. Like, I was in so much pain. I was like, if I died right now, I'd be OK with it. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be all right. I'd be right. Eh, not great, but it'd be fine. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. It'd be it'd be okay. Um, and also, when I do die, I'm actually gonna feel like really glad about all the people I don't have to be around anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. This planet's an echo chamber. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. This is planet. You know, talk about echo chambers. I sometimes feel like my existence is an echo chamber, like in the like sort of abstract metaphysical sense, because sure. like weird things keep happening. Like now we're talking about communists again. Uh huh. And like Russia, which was right. a thing when we were kids. Right. That people who grew up after us didn't hear about because they had stopped talking about that shit by the 80s. Like by the time I was in third grade, we were done talking about Russia and the Soviet yep. Union had dis- dis- dissolution. It was dissolution of the Soviet Union. <laughs> Dissolution. Dissolutioned. Um, yes. I remember Dissolved. my th- one of my third grade like teachers went over to Russia like fucking I don't know why because disaster tourism or something. And she, right, said she came right. back and was like all crying on the plane. People in <laughs> red lines. I'm like, why did you go over there again? Like as a nine-year-old, it didn't make any fucking sense to me. I'm like, uh-huh. I don't it understand make why more you sense would. Now. Yeah. You're not Russian. Did you go over there to like bring bread? Like, what did you do? Right. Like, what were you doing over there? It was some yeah. weird thing. I maybe it was with a church. Oh, echo yeah. chamber to echo chamber. Right. Right. Our echo chamber wants to come and interface with your echo chamber. Now that your mm-hmm. echo chamber fell apart. Um, I think um, that's actually like a good example of where like echo chambers kind of like disrupt like good solutions it's like if you look Mm. at that um like the abortion issue of like church like churches who are very opposed to freedom of choice or like women's health where Mm -hmm. it's like on the face of it they talk about it being like well we want to minimize like their goal is to reduce the number of abortions and yet they won't 
do the things that are well proven to reduce abortions, which is right. to provide good sex education and access to birth control methods. Right. So, yeah, when they say they want to reduce the number of abortions, it's actually a euphemism. Right. Right. Like and it's a the, side effect of what you want. Right. But that's but what not, you want is to just control people and to only have people do what you want them to do when you want them to do it, which doesn't technically like the flavor that takes can change. Like it can be abortion or it can be like who you get married to or it can be like what kind of substances you're allowed to eat or drink. Right. But it's all the fucking same. Right. Yeah. It's not actually about it's not actually about the thing. It's about control. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um control control but i think in some smaller ways it mm -hmm. creates the the echo chamber effect this idea of like people being so locked in a bubble that they can't there are there may be many people who are involved in these organizations who yeah if they were able to break out of the echo chamber and see the reality and be like oh actually my thing personally is that i don't want people to be having abortions as much as possible because mm -hmm. i believe that you know the these souls or whatever are you know this is a terrible murder thing or whatever then yeah. they would then they might be able to be like oh okay like all i need to do is like hand out fucking condoms and that in and itself will end so many potential abortions way right. more than you prancing around with a dead baby on a poster yelling right. at somebody who's like going through the most difficult portion of their life at this moment mm -hmm. you know what i mean like yeah, I Sorry. like so I used to volunteer at a Planned Parenthood in um, Highland, Minnesota. I don't yeah. know that that building is being used for that anymore. But uh, regardless, it had like a parking lot adjacent to the building. And then there was a sidewalk out front. Right. And then there was the street and then the sidewalk across the street. And so protesters were allowed to come only within a certain area. Like they could be on the public sidewalk, but they couldn't be on the sidewalk that leads from the parking lot to the building which mm -hmm. was offset and separate from the main public parking or public sidewalk. Um, and like on good Friday every year, this massive like turnout of Catholics and other uh -huh. weird, like religious people would show up. And some guy is always there, like hauling around this big wooden cross, like no uh -huh. shit, like up and down the sidewalk, <laughs> hauling this cross back and forth. And it's like, you guys all show up for this one day a year. And then, you know, the rest of the time I would come in and I, uh -huh. I, I did a lot of like organized a lot of mailings and would like address label and stamp and send out all of these um mailers and all this stuff for them when i volunteered there and i would walk in <coughs> and if this isn't like evidence of an echo chamber and just like a total lack of critical thought i don't know what is i volunteered with them for a long time months mm -hmm. and months and months and months and months because i lived in the neighborhood and i didn't stop until i moved out of the neighborhood and right. um I uh I would go in like several times a week sometimes like a few right. days and it all depended on what had to go out and I would walk past the the same people the same like 10 to 15 protesters on rotation mm -hmm. who would like yell things at people walking in from the from the parking lot like oh you don't have to kill your baby and like blah 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 and would just like th that was one of the politer things they would say right they sure, used to like yeah. yell all kinds of like accusatory shit too and in general, I whenever I've worked for places like that or worked with them or volunteered with them, it's like you just ignore these people because you don't want to like give them any fuel, right? You know, right. like don't don't acknowledge them. Mm -hmm. And finally, after months of fucking volunteering there several times a week, I just looked at them. I was like, "You guys, I'm here several times a week. What do you fucking think I'm doing?" Right. Like right. you keep yelling me about a baby I don't have and I'm not right. pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not even paying attention. Uh -huh. 
You guys aren't even paying attention. <laughs> Get with it. Right. Like your shit is so stale. Uh-huh. And it just like that always struck me like these people care so much about their uh-huh. fucking movement or whatever that they can't even tell right. they're yelling at the same woman who's not pregnant three times a fucking week. <laughs> you guys are real invested. <laughs> Dumbasses. <laughs> God. Oh, seriously. Yeah. I, I feel like that might be a good uh, a good note to end on. Um, how the Lord's work, that? how they're doing the, the Lord's, Lord's work. Yeah, yeah, the Lord's work. Oh, geez. They're making so much progress doing the Lord's work over there. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's end on that. Okay. Uh, well, if you listen this far, thank you very much. Again, we'd love to hear from you. Email uh, our CEO, Dana. That's D-A-N-A at fcbm.io. Um, we will, we're going to try and get back to publishing every Monday. Yeah. Um, and try to get back on that schedule. We'll also be sporadically filling out the back catalog of episodes we've recorded but haven't published yet. Um, so keep mm-hmm, your eyes mm-hmm. out for those. And um, oh, maybe uh, you know how we talk about ideas we've had sometimes. So this will be like yes. we can have this be the end of the podcast where we can talk about some ideas. I had an idea yes. that I thought you might like, which would be that we could do. Um, you know, on like radio stations, they don't do it as much now, but they use like they used to have like those radio shows where it was like somebody would do like a quick spot where they would like say a bunch of like local ha- like events that are happening in the area. Yes. Whatever. So yes. I was thinking we could um, make some up and do that as part of the oh. like the beginning of the podcast. We'd be like, oh, yeah, like on Thursday at the, you know, and make up like totally, you know, like the fish and spoon, you know. Uh, yes. Jorge Gonzalez is putting on a uh, a tacos and a tacos and wine art fiesta or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, yeah. just totally bullshit shit, and like, don't actually do dates, but just do like days of the week, and then like bullshit locations. And yep, um, yeah. Anyway, I've been listening to some old British radio shows and like hearing the DJs like say that shit. I'm like, oh, this is I gotta. I love gotta that. About this, this is. I think there's actually a segment on SNL on the um, what's their like news segment. Um, oh, weekend update. Weekend update, and then what's his name? Um, used to Michael do it. Che or Colin? No, the visit. Uh, he plays or... Stefan. Um, oh, um, Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Yeah, he was. <clears throat> I think sometimes he would do like a New York, like here's the things that are happening. But I don't remember if they were actually <laughs> real or not. But it was always like kind of a scathing <laughs> review of this sort of music ridiculous scene. Um, anyway, nice. something. I had some idea, like something a little bit like that. We should. We need a spreadsheet um, for this. We do. We need a spreadsheet for this. So I actually thought we could also maybe repurpose the color namer for some of it as well and use oh, that okay. on double duty because we could kind of like generate fake place names or something. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned indeed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that was my that was my Ooh. little my little blurb. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. All right. I'm going to hit stop. Thank you, everybody. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. I gotta hit stop too. Where is it? Okay, bye.